The Kayfabe Crunch is sponsored by Only Life, your one-stop life insurance plan for your one shot at existence. Life can come crashing down in an instant, and you need to be prepared for the sake of your loved ones. A tree could fall, a bird might attack, a satellite could fall from orbit. Seriously, you're going to die soon. The Kayfabe Crunch. It's for the greater news. Good news. This is your Kayfabe Crunch for Saturday, August 8th, 2020. I'm Brandon, Broke Kick. Coming up, we have all the latest news from NXT, Dynamite, and SmackDown. Plus, we present part two of our History of Pro Wrestling documentary. If you haven't already, why not go ahead and listen to part one in issue 60 of the Kayfabe Crunch. Or, or don't. That's, it's really your choice. Democracy may be crumbling globally, but not here at the Kayfabe Crunch. But first... In grappling history, in 1966, Ed the Strangler Lewis passed away. He was a true pioneer of the sport, and interestingly, not a name I made up for comedic effect. He, he was real. And in 1998, Jay Leno won his first and only wrestling match. Rumor has it this physical training helped him to keep a chokehold on The Tonight Show for over 20 years. And now, let's get on with the Retribution Riot News. Top story. Sorry, 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 that was, that's me. I've, I left my violins all over the studio again. Sorry. Okay, another double top story for you today. It's as though things are happening again after a huge period of things not really happening. Bray Wyatt began the night by pointing the finger at Braun Strowman for what happened to Alexa Bliss. This is particularly odd as it was the Fiend who attacked Bliss. Wyatt promised the Fiend was present and that tonight they would feel the consequences of Braun's mistake. Which wasn't... wasn't that what last week was about? Uh, Stop asking questions. Anyway, The Fiend made his entrance live on SmackDown. By the time he made it to the ring, Bliss was also there, trembling in fear. It was as though no time had passed between last week and last night. But that's... that's silly. The Fiend attempted to once again hurt Bliss. But instead, the goddess reached out and caressed the Fiend. It was a sort of Beauty and the Beast type moment. God, the Fiend is so beautiful. Strowman's massive face then appeared on the screen, and he admitted to not really caring about Alexa. He has once again become the monster, and now he needs to destroy the Fiend. This cold reaction from Strowman was so shocking. It actually made me do a double turn. Sorry, a a double take. A double take of the TV screen. Yes, that's it. 
Later last night, the group known as Retribution attacked the Performance Center with baseball bats, spray paint, and a big old chainsaw. Some viewers have compared this to the Nexus debut, but it's quite clearly very different. One group had black shirts with a yellow logo, whereas the other have black shirts with no logo. This couldn't be differenter. This couldn't be more different? No, differenter. Little is known about why this group attacked, as they don't have a clear and justified viewpoint like the protesters across America. So, follow us on Twitter, at KFabeCrunch, for any developments. They were all pretty small though, perhaps... Perhaps a mob of angry children? And now it's time for your Fast Count, the underground fight club of news. A political debate took place on Dynamite. In a cruel slice of irony, it was the orange candidate fighting to combat the effects of climate change. Mandy Rose's hair was a guest on the dirt sheet. She was humiliated and attacked, but a publicist for the hair stated, it was still better than appearing on Ellen. Pat McAfee punts Adam Cole in the head. Cole's lucky McAfee was a kicker and not a tight end or wide receiver. In a passionate speech, Biggie promises to taste the sweet nectar of championship gold as he goes on to battle 10,000 bees for the Hive Championship. Shane Thorne returns to NXT without Brendan Vink. Authorities are now searching Thorne's residence for any link to Vink. Stay safe, Brendan. The people are with you. Bailey to defend the SmackDown Championship against the winner of an interbrand battle royal. My money's on Tony Nese. 205 for life. I'm not one to hold a grudge. I'm a McMahon. Okay, this sport might be fake. Shorty G interrupts Sheamus versus Riddle. Sheamus interrupts Corbin versus Hardy. And Riddle interrupts Sheamus versus Corbin. If you can solve this brain teaser, then please write to us. And that's your fast count. You've been counted out. Don't step to the hurt business. And now it's over to a rather serious documentary version of me for the second part of my soon-to-be award-winning documentary series. Take it away, me. This is the history of professional wrestling. Part 2 beginnings. By the late 19-teens, where it had once proudly waxed, wrestling began to wane in popularity. This was largely due to the retirement of many superstar strongmen, due to broken bones and what we today know as mushy sad brain. But also, Lincoln Logs had just been invented, and when it comes to captivating a young audience, how do you compete with those lovable logs? However, the sport was not entirely without hope. In the early 1920s, a group of wrestlers decided to start their own promotion, ECW. 
No, not that one. This was ever so cracking wrestling. The three founders of ECW were Ted Carbon Neutral, Willie V, and Boots Fancy, who, perhaps, was the most popular of the group. Together, they were known as the Stardust Trio, as they had all quit working for major promoters when they had asked the wrestlers to wear a silly outfit and pretend to be from space. You must understand, the year was 1921, and both Russia and the United States were racing to Jupiter. Therefore, alien characters were very popular. They brought a new style of wrestling to music halls, armories, and indeed, other places. In contrast to the high work rate, flippy, and holy style that was displayed the decade prior, the Stardust Trio opted for a no-holds form of professional wrestling. Competitors would make their way to the ring and yell insults at each other for 20, 30, 40, even 50 hours. Then, a referee and a panel of celebrity judges would declare a victor. This could sometimes take weeks to decide. Fans were happy to wait, of course, as there wasn't much to do in the mid-1920s. For context, MySpace was still six years away. This filibuster fighting became must-see action, but due to the nature of the scraps, it became must-hear action too. Very few pure spools of audio remain to this day, as most were lost to the ravages of time, and also a very big fire. However, one match, a main event between Willie V and Boots Fancy, remains. Well, I must say, good fellow, your boots are looking rather tattered. You can talk about my shirt, my pants, hell, even my soggy cotton bottoms, but never, sir, never my boots. Well, I, uh, I just did, so what are you going to do about it? You sit there in your ivory tower talking about my boots. Well, that's a safe place. A safe place from which to insult a man's footwear, a man's livelihood. These are hard times. A man's got to work for his boots. Sir, I'm betting you've never set one of those dainty British feet on a Lincoln Log factory floor. Not in your entire life, sir. That's why I need my boots, sir. To make Lincoln Logs for hard-working families to enjoy. I don't hate you, sir. I don't even dislike you. I just hate the idea that you're the best at making Lincoln Logs. You're not. I am. I'm the best at making Lincoln Logs. Some diligent fans may recognize a few lines from Boots's speech. Yes, they were in fact used in commercials for Lincoln Logs until the mid-1970s. I'm here at the Lincoln Log Factory in Nova Scotia, Canada, where over 50,000 plastic logs are made every day. Over half of them are deemed unfit for purpose and are simply tossed at nearby wildlife. Those brave seals. 
I'm here with one of the factory's noble workers. Tell me, do you enjoy working at the Lincoln Log Factory? Yep. And do you remember the rich history between Lincoln Logs and professional wrestling? Nope. And there you have it. The first promotion founded by wrestlers happened as early as the 1920s. But even they could not compete with America's favorite sturdy log. As I finish editing this part of the documentary, I've left the microphone on to record my final thoughts. I can't help but think about the declining television ratings of today's wrestling, and wonder what would happen if they stopped trying so blatantly to compete with Lincoln Logs, and instead once again embrace the entertainment value of the mighty log. Hashtag embrace the log. 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 Join us Tuesday when we'll ask just how far below surface level is Raw Underground. And remember, you can support this podcast by recommending it to a fellow wrestling fan. It's okay to mention that it's bad, but make it clear that we're trying. This has been the Kayfabe Crunch. You're not quite daily, not quite news. Bump for the world of professional wrestling. The Kayfabe Crunch is sponsored by Only Life. Life insurance made simple. When you die, your family gets a cash payout. If you come back to life as some sort of terrifying ghost, they'll only receive half the amount due to the possibility of a loved one having the sight, making you able to influence earthly events. It's standard practice. The Kayfabe Crunch.